Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So, let's dive in. Go, go, go. Bonjour. This is actually bonjour, round bonjour, bonjour. two. Uh, Ryan's things decided to stop recording, but here we are, uh, nonetheless. So, bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. We were talking about films. It, yeah, it's not going to do any justice right no, now, is it? Because we, we were in a bit of a flow of talking about it. But, um, <laughs> we're talking about favourite films. Um, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is one of my favourite <laughs> films. Interstellar. I like the avatars. I like Transformers. But I'm also a massive sucker for like... You're a chick flick, aren't you? Mate, yeah, I love a chick flick. But then my film likeage is a lot like my music. I will listen to and I will watch absolutely everything and anything. Doing work, I'll listen to classical music. But then I might listen to indie, alternative, pop, punk rock, like all sorts. Same with films from Interstellar to put me in front of Lion King or Mulan and I'm singing my heart out. Do you know what I mean? Like, ah, so, so you. Yeah, you don't have like a set. It's, you don't have an all like. It's good to have that though because I feel like you know you've you divide, diversified yourself. Um, strong set word then diversified yourself. Diversified, yeah. I, so yeah. you can um you, you've obviously like you, you can go to any like depending mm. on where where you're. But like if you were say like a genre, yeah, like I love like an army film or a sci-fi because I love like aliens as well. I mean, you have named everything. Yeah, I'm just a pretty chill back guy, you know. Like, tell me, what about you? What have you got a favorite film? I feel like you're kind of like you probably can pick like a top three, maybe. Yeah, there's so Jurassic Park, obviously, like they are just absolute easy go tos. Great films, every, aren't they? Every single time, like, there's no, there's no point where. If someone says to me, "Do you want to watch Jurassic Park?" I'm never ever going to say no. Like, slap, <laughs> slap it on, and it's such an easy yes. watch. Um. Without yeah. a shadow of a Hold on, on that point quickly, you're so right. For a film that has people getting eaten, it's always a bit crazy. There's dinosaurs running everywhere. You've got you know, your Tyrannosaurus Rex, you've got your Flossoraptors jumping. But it is still one of those films that you can put on in the background. Even as crazy as it is, it is easy watching crazy. And you know, with like, um, especially, I'm trying to think other movies that have done it, where it's like, when they have like three or four, mm-hmm. it it starts to dilute after like oh, yeah. the second or third. This is one of the ones that just, I, I don't feel like it ever does. I feel like they're good all the way through. Yeah. Um, two, the two others are a hundred percent like the Wolf of Wall Street. Like it's like, but I feel with the Wolf of Wall Street that I have to, I have to be wanting to watch a comedy or something. Oh, and then like, so that's good. always a go-to. <laughs> it's just so but, funny. Jordy. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars, Joydy. That was really good as well. <laughs> yes, entertainment. Guys, the, guys, tell him. The the other that gets better the more they create is the Hangover. It is oh. so funny, so so funny. Like I, that's one of the other films as well that you just can't get bored of watching. It's very, it's very cliche funny if that makes sense like yeah, it's just it's, over the top but you <laughs> it's you can expect it as well when it's happening but it's still funny it's still one of those things that are just <laughs> yeah but I, I tell you what one of the one of the good things at the moment that i like is i like all of the so obviously i'm like a massive i love disney films so i love the new real versions of the disney film like when they bought out um Lion King, and then you had um, Mowgli, which was basically the, the Jungle Book, which was one that they bought out. And then they recently bought out um, Aladdin, didn't they, with Will Smith in. That was so good. You probably haven't watched any of these. None of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they bought out Mulan. But for some reason, Mulan isn't... What are you saying? Mul- is it Mulan or Mola- Mulan? Like, I would say Mulan, but I think, like, from... 
in if you're doing the cultural way, it's like Mulan. Same Pam. They say like Pam, <laughs> is it Pam? like the Pam Pam situation. Um, so yeah, so like it's, yeah, but it's they're all musicals, obviously. In Mulan, 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 far Mulan. Um, they didn't have any singing in it, and I was like, oh, it's like an actual like drama, <laughs> and I was like, no, like it should. They're, Disney's are musical they're fun and exciting and this was a very like serious drama and I was like this is not how this should have been made See, I thought about so writing it in but I didn't <laughs> when you're listening to like or when you're watching musicals are, are you like immersed in it as well like are you full on like blaring the songs Man, out love it love it love it Beauty and the Beast that was another one they made out yeah I'm such a kid I'm literally Peter Pan that would be, uh, but that's something that for you when you have children. Uh, Rosie, hope you listen to this. When you have children, um, <laughs> you're going to like really enjoy taking them to the cinema. Like my, so my mum was saying to me uh, not so long ago, like she cannot wait to take Darcy, who's my niece, to uh, like the cinema. So she, like obviously when the world opens up again, mm-hmm. she's like, she's so excited because she's like, it, re- it reminds me of when I used to take um, you and your sister to the cinema. And she was like, it's just like- It's so cool, isn't it? She was like, you just become a kid again. Yeah. And she was like, she absolutely like, loved it. I will be that dad that dresses up with like, like I, I ain't scared to put on a princess dress with my daughter and play princess. I'm not scared to like, have a son and like we'll get dressed up army style and we'll start playing like shoot him up in the garden like if he wants to go out wearing you know we're wearing superhero costumes he wants to go to a shop like that I'll join him I'm not phased and you know that is exactly how I roll as well you'll, you'll be like son there's no point using these plastic guns let's get the real deal <laughs> we'll just go around Tesco's and AK-47 shooting yeah. up everyone I'll be like right little Tommy aim here 10 points for the old woman down aisle 7 ready See, that's what I think that's what I'm most uh, excited about is like getting to the age where you can actually. So, you're, I think you're definitely more about like those young years and stuff. Whereas, like, I'm really excited to like go for a pint with yeah, yeah. or like a drink with with my uh, with my children, which kind of leads us into actually what we're going to talk about today, which mm. is not children, which is going to be alcohol and food and eating out. Now, the world is starting to open up and um this is this is something that we're hearing an awful lot at the moment so for any of you that haven't been through our five-day challenge before like i definitely advise you to go and do it um we'll hook the link up in the show notes if you do wish to sign up to it but um yeah it's something that we've we've been definitely been asked an awful lot about like how do i manage my calories when i'm going out how do i stay quote unquote on track mm-hmm. when um i go out for drinks food so we thought it'd be a really really good topic to speak about that um you can kind of get a bit of uh, clarity on and how to kind of go about it and i just want to uh pre-frame this a little bit and warn you that there honestly is like so many different ways that you can um, get around going out, managing your calories, drinking alcohol, and still like making sure that you're on track of where you want to be. Um, so you'll probably hear us like go in multiple different directions. And actually, it's going to be an interesting one because I imagine our approaches are actually very different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's the most important thing here is you can still eat out and lose weight. It is completely possible. You don't have to give up anything to get to your goals. You don't need to give up alcohol (gasps) to lose weight. You can drink any alcoholic beverage you like and still get amazing results. What's your your favourite alcoholic beverage whilst we're here? Uh... See, this is very seasonal for me. Like, uh, 100% like when it's the summer, like it's pure heat and you're in a beer garden uh, cider. You just can't. <laughs> I love that. You're in you a beer be garden a- wine. <laughs> you're at a wine bar. Gin tonic. <laughs> we um, Cocktail I, bar. I, I, I'll have a pint of Stella. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy though, aren't I? Well, I'm, I'm, a hundred, I'm not even scared to say it. Like, so we'll be on a stag do and there's like a group of 13 of us and they're all like, right, what are we doing? Just make it easy, like 13 Stellas. And I'm like, 12 Stellas, 
one G and T. They're all like, actually, do you know what? I quite like one of those. Yeah. I mean, it's only so I never. Here's an interesting fact. I never used to like beer. Absolutely hated it. I was always a cider person, and then I used to drink vodka. Then didn't like vodka, so moved to like whiskey and coke, and then oh, went back to cider. And then it's only recently, in the past like few years, I've just drunk beer. Like I love having a pint of beer, but also because you can drink more of it without getting completely obliterated. Because I drink, and I think you're the same. Like we both drink very fast. Like if it's there, I'll just sit there drinking it because it's in front of me. And with mm. a gin tonic or a, or a uh, a spirit mixer, that's extremely dangerous. Whereas with a pint, and I always get a top because I just love that. Well, that's me. Like mine's a gin and tonic, mate. Gin tonic or a, or like a, a a a top. I'm not massively like I like a, st- a cold pint. A Stella top is nice or Peroni. Fantastic. See this, but this is what I um. I'd love a pint right now. <laughs> should we just sack this off and go? We should do. We should do a live podcast. What's uh, um, Vody and Poddy? Vody and Poddy. Maybe we do this a Vody and Poddy session. Um, but no, I see. This is the thing. Like when someone, I and by the way, like I absolutely love a shandy, love a top, whatever it is. But I, I will. I like a shandy and I like a top because I don't like beer, and it's a way for like exactly like you said. Like I can. I can drink it and it's manageable and it's easier for me to do when there's like big orders of drinks or anything like that. I mean, I'll get absolutely abused, especially if I'm with like the footballer or anything or even even just any of my mates. Mm. So, but I see it as like the same as coffee in terms of like if someone can't have um, coffee without milk, they don't really like coffee. They're just using the milk to mask the taste of coffee. And I see the same with like beer. Like the only reason why people ever have like a shandy or something is maybe because they really like the taste of beer. It's just masking. Yeah, I have I have a top because it tastes better. Yeah. So there is an argument that's like, do you really like beer? And I'm like, yeah, I do, but it just tastes better with a top. Yeah, you can't. That, this is the thing, though, isn't that there's so many uh, different types. Do you like Guinness? I do, but I, I like the first half of it. I saw a good infographic the other day of someone being like the best pint in the world, the worst pint in the world, which is like just basically <laughs> just the, the second half, half of Guinness. Yeah, it's really creamy, like the first bit, but then like after that, it's just, it's like, I can only have about two and then I'm literally like, feel like I've just eaten like roast two dinner. roast dinners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, 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 the only time, I've only ever drunk a pint of Guinness once and it was at, uh, it was the night before we were going on football tour. We had to have like a mini initiation the night before football tour and we had to, as a fresher, <clears throat> we had to have a pint of Guinness. There were six peanuts in it and you got a straw. You had to get the peanuts out with a straw, obviously sucking it up, and then you had to neck the pint <laughs> through the straw. Oh my God. Like, it was horrendous. And But I always see people drinking, they're like, oh, it's really nice. And so I'm now, I'm, you know, we're talking, that was 10 years, or well, 11 years ago nearly now. So now I'm like, well, maybe I should just try a pint of Guinness like, and just see. A, a Guinness is easy to drink. Like you can, um, if, if you're ever like forced to down a drink or anything, a Guinness is, I feel like it's quite easy, even though it sits heavy on you, like it's actually smooth enough to like, whereas like a beer, it's like fizzes and yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, um, we should probably anyway, get into it. Yeah, so <laughs> on that topic of uh, alcohol, and well, let's start out, because obviously we like, the principles apply whether you're drinking alcohol or calories, like uh, drinking alcohol or calories. <laughs> you're drinking alcohol or going out to eat. Like calories is the principle of fat loss. So as long as you're managing your calories, and this is where you would have heard us say before on other podcasts, like maybe with um, Ryan's Instagram, mine, wherever you've seen us, TikTok, Ryan's TikTok, um, <laughs> is that it, calories are literally the foundation. Like there is no such thing as like a uh, food that will make you fat uh, and drink that will make you fat. Like it's the overconsumption of calories, which makes you gain weight. That's the only way you do it. Well, not even carbs. Like I've, not even carbs. Jesus. And like I've said to you before, like there are plenty of lean alcoholics out there. Mm. So just goes to show you that even if you just drink alcohol, you can still be in, you can lose an incredible amount of weight. Um, so with that said, 
you've obviously know like rule 101 is the calories need to be in check. Now, this is why like we're such big advocates and we speak about this inside the academy an awful lot. Instead of looking at your calories from like a day to day um, standpoint, look at it over a bit more of a macro cycle, like a week. So give yourself like a weekly calorie target. And instead of looking at just like, okay, I'm under my calories this day, I'm over my calories this day, I'm under my calories this day. And like, this is where I think the emotion for a lot of people like kind of takes over their results. Because if you're so fixated on that one number and you see that one number as either being successful or unsuccessful, that's the kind of actions or that's the emotions people then have to either um, continue getting good success or actually fall off, quote unquote, the wagon. So all of a sudden, if you can now look at your calories over a week, so instead of thinking that you're going to have like, say, 2000 calories, um, I had to count that quickly. Instead of having 2000 calories every <laughs> single day, assuming that's your deficit, all of a sudden, look at your calories as I've got 14,000 calories for the week. For the week. Now, the analogy that we really, really like here is like, okay, imagine I gave you, like, say you were planning on going on a massive shopping trip. You wanted to go buy a car at the weekend or whatever it was. And I gave you at the beginning of the week, 14,000 pounds. And I said, right, this 14,000 pounds can last you the whole entire, it, you've, that's all you've got. You've got no other money. Like you can like make that last for the rest of the week. And... If I said to you, right, split that up however you like, and you knew that you were going out to buy a car on the weekend, you knew you were going on a couple of shopping trips with your friends, logically, you wouldn't spend that much money Monday to Thursday, would you? You would save the majority of your money for the weekend when you're going out to buy the car, you're going out shopping, you're doing the trip. The same kind of applies for calories. However, obviously you can go into kind of like, uh, let's say your deposits. Um, But the same applies with calories where you can break your calories however you want. And if you know you've got more social occasions on the weekend, it's going to warrant you spending more money, aka it's going to warrant you consuming more calories. You can budget those calories for later into the week on these days, but you know are going to be uh, more sociable, it's going to warrant higher calories, and you can have lower calories for the rest of the week. But that's where people go wrong, is because they don't factor this into account. They don't pre-plan. They don't think about the amount of calories that they're going to use at the weekend, because especially with alcohol, it's a very calorie-dense thing that you can easily, like we just said then, we can uh, drink our pints pretty quickly and we can consume 250 calories in a pint within the space of like six to seven minutes of just like, especially if we're like, uh, like socialized or anything like that. All of a sudden you're having two drinks. Like you've just smashed 500 calories in the space of 15 minutes. Like, and the same applies for whatever drink, especially if you're having like uh, Ryan was saying, like more spirit based things or even like wine and stuff, something that's very, very easy to drink Mm. and is like available for a quick top up. That's why uh, for all you uh, ladies listening, like it's never a bottle of wine. It turns into a couple with like the girls and stuff like that. It's very easy to consume. So these calories tot up, but we don't take this into account. So we go by our day, eating our normal calories mm-hmm. and it gets to the weekend and we just lose control, completely lose control and uh, like have way too many. And again, the hangover on Sunday, right? Especially if you go out on Saturday, the hangover on Sunday, it's not like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to bounce straight back to the low end of the calories. Most people are like, your intuitions have been knocked. You don't really care as much. You're hungover. You think you deserve. You, you've just had four or 5,000 calories of alcohol and food in that day. You think you then deserve to have a pizza on top of that, uh, take away all of these things because you're feeling a bit rubbish for yourself. And again, that tops up to another like 3,000 calories. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you have just blown your weekly calorie <coughs> deficit. So... We do want to think about the calories more than anything else, especially when it comes to eating out and drinking. Now, let's just stay on the theme of like eating out. So, Ryan, say you were going to go to uh, you knew you had a couple of social occasions coming up. You knew you were going to be going out on, let's say, Friday night. Uh, you're going to be going out on Friday with the girls for lunch Woo! and then you're going to go Saturday in the evening um, with the family. You're going to go out for dinner. 
So you've got two occasions where you're going to be eating out. How would you approach this? Uh, so me personally? Yeah, yeah. Go with you personally. Like, I think personal experience is going to be Okay, and then, yeah, the and then we can thing. kind of... Because, yeah, <clears throat> and like we said earlier, like we alluded to, there is no right or wrong. There's so many ways to deal with this. Um, me and Hayden deal with it in different ways. Um, and then there's obviously another handful of ways to go about it. But if I've got a event... So what am I going for? Lunch with the girls on the Friday and, and then, then going for that. Dinner. Cool. So kind of what I'd be thinking about is one, where I'm going and what I'm probably going to get um, first and foremost. So I kind of have an idea roughly before I get there of what I'm going to do. The reason I do that is because I know if I don't, when I go there, I'm going to see the menu, but like, holy moly, what am I going for? Yeah, let's get everything. Um, it's that mm -hmm. buffet effect. So I kind of get a rough idea of what I'm going to have, knowing like what I'm there. I always look at the menu. I'm just one of those people that even before I got into fitness, I'd always look at the menu just because you're intrigued. What, before you, know what you go? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like, yeah. Like if I know if I know where we're going, I'll have a look at the menu to see what's on it, just to like mm -hmm. get an idea of like not even from a fact, just from like a general like. I'm just intrigued. I love because like, you're know. greedy. Yeah, I'd like to know <laughs> what I'm getting. So most of the time, I will just kind of like know roughly what I'm going to have beforehand. But even if I don't, I usually will typically sign one thousand calories to that that meal as it were. So say my, cal my calories are 2,000. If I know I've got a meal out on a Friday and a meal out on a Saturday, depending on where we're going, if it's not going to be as calorie dense, like the lunch probably won't be as calorie dense as the dinner, I might assign 800 calories to the lunch. And then the following day, I might assign 1,200 calories. But either way, I will sign between eight and 1,200 calories. That's usually like my go-to to those evening meals and those lunches. And then I will just know how many calories I've got. So say my calories were 2,000, for example. And I know that I'm going out on Saturday night. I know I've got 800 calories. Now, I usually have four meals a day. Four meals a day, which means I've got three meals left on 800 calories. That's not a lot. So automatically, whenever I'm eating out, I, I bring that down to three meals. So I always know that, like, right, I've got to give, a, like, around about 1,000 for those meals out. I know that I've got about 500 calories for the other meals that I have at home, um, not out. And that's literally how I do it. So I would have 500 for breakfast have my lunch out, and then I'd have 500 for my evening meal on Friday. And on Saturday, I would have 500 calories for breakfast, 500 calories for lunch, and then I would just enjoy my meal. So I'm not someone who actually specifically tracks it. Like I'll look at the menu, but that's just purely more for enjoyment. I will just assign a set amount of calories, knowing that one, it's not perfect, but I'm being accountable. So I'm assigning calories to it, and I just have the... The, the relationship with... My relationship with food is good enough to know that even if I do go over my calories that day, doesn't matter. Like even if I have a slow rate of fat loss, I'm like, doesn't matter. Cause I still went out twice, enjoyed myself. I will happily take a jump up in scales and me to only lose, you know, 0.2 kilos this week instead of 0.5. Like that's not an issue to me because you got to, I always think about the bigger picture and think about making memories. So mm -hmm. with regards to that, that is how I will approach it. I will have, um, I will just set a set amount of calories to those evenings. Um, and I won't be too stingent um, outside of that. Yeah, nice. I think the um, the bonus that we have now that I, I do truly believe that will take forward of us um, for probably the next few years and maybe like forever is you can't now just randomly go somewhere for lunch and hope you're going to get in. Like at the moment, you have to book yeah. a place to go out for lunch or dinner, which you can put into your advantage because like Ryan said, like he now has, it wasn't like previously where you'd be like, okay, let's just meet in like Brighton mm. and then we'll just go find a place to go for lunch. It's like now, if you want to get in anywhere, you have to book. So you can use this to your advantage. And especially if you're someone like Ryan, you can then um, because you've had to book somewhere, you know what's going to be on the menu. You can look it up. You can get a rough idea. It's like the kind of foods you're going to eat. Mm. But I think this kind of like... Um, and I'll always... Actually, just a quick thing. I will always have a shake as a... So like for that evening meal, like I will have a shake for breakfast and then have... And then maybe have a bigger lunch. Like quite often I will have a protein shake with milk. So it has a bit more calorie and a bit more satiation to it as one of the meals. So like whether it's the breakfast or the lunch, I will use that so that then I have like 200 meals. So I can still have a big meal if I want to, <clears throat> you know, work out or post-workout or I will have that shake and then I'll have still like a low calorie lunch to give myself more calories if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So usually I'll always use a protein shake as a 
as a meal to help save additional calories on that day. If I know, for example, like I'm boozing as well. Okay, cool. Like tomorrow I'm going out for, <clears throat> I already know I'm going out to a pub to meet an old friend, school friend I haven't seen for 13 years. So I know we're having food and beers. I already know in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to get a pizza. Well, that'll be about 800 calories plus the excess of pints. We're probably talking like two and a half, three thousand. So we're talking like pretty much my maintenance um, for the day. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm probably going to have a protein shake for breakfast. And then to be honest, tomorrow, I, because I'm in the, uh, we're in the office, I'll probably just fast until the evening. So it also mm-hmm. does depend on my day as well, or I will fast for the breakfast, have my protein, just bring a protein shake to the office and then go. So I've kind of maybe confused things there, but basically what I'm saying is that I will, depending on the environment and the situation in the day, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to train tomorrow, so I haven't got to worry about eating too much around training. So I will, I will always use a shake as a tool. And occasionally, if I know it's a boozy one, I will use a shake or I will just skip breakfast altogether. Yeah, I think you um, you started to kind of go into something that I, I was mainly going to bring up with the kind of process that I'll do it with. And I'm a very, um, like, it's going to surprise a, a very, very, very much doubt that my math teacher would be ever listening to this, but it would be, it would surprise her if <laughs> I was to say this, but I'm very mathematical with what I'll do when it comes to stuff like this. But the first thing I will always do, and I advise anyone to do it, is understand what your worst case scenario looks like for you. Understand Mm -hmm. what reality looks like for you because there's no point you just banking like you saying, okay, I'm going to go out for a meal and I'm just going to save a thousand calories for it. But you know, in reality, you go out for starter, main and dessert, which is going to be way over a thousand calories. And also put it in position of, I do that because I have two and a half thousand calories and I'm in a deficit. If your calories are 1400, 1300, like very low because you're a smaller individual. Well, if you, if you give 1200 calories, you've got 200 calories to have for the rest of the day. Probably not going to end well. Yeah. So this is where it kind of comes in though, uh, quite nicely for how I'll do things. So I'll understand what my worst case scenario is and like, take like, take note of what I'm about to say here, write it down. Like, remember this, like your calories can be completely cyclical. Like, and what I mean by that is you do not have to have the same amount of calories every single day. Whether you have, so can you, say, can you say that again for the listeners, just one more time. Your calories do not have to be the same every single day to achieve your fat loss results. They can be completely cyclical. Now, let me give you an example of that. Is like, say my um, my weekly calorie average deficit is 2000 calories a day. Now that's 14,000 calories over the week, right? Mm -hmm. If I wanted to, this is going to shock some people. My fat loss results would be exactly the same if I was to eat, um, let's say, let's say I was to eat um, a thousand calories every single day. That's it. A thousand calories. And then on the last day, I had the rest of my calories. So that's going to be then, uh, so seven, so yeah, 7,000. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So I could have a thousand calories every single day and then on Sunday have 7,000 calories and my fat loss results would be exactly the same than if I was to have 2,000 calories every single day spread across the seven days. Your weekly calorie average is the thing that matters. Your weekly calories is what matters because that's what's going to put you in the deficit, not about your individual days that you eat. So that's what I mean. Like this is why uh, the clients inside our program like can get such amazing results. Because can you remember when we I we did a training? Uh, it was like a two hour training inside the community around Christmas, and we did it in November. How to set yourself up to have at least eight to ten thousand calories over Christmas Day and still achieve your fat loss results. And the results that everyone got inside that was absolutely mind blowing because we simply pre-planned everything around it. Now we went to the absolute extremes where we wanted people to enjoy Christmas. We wanted people to have like Christmas Eve, Christmas day, boxing day, and whatever days they had where they could have really high calories and not have to worry about it. But there has to be an element of pre-planning that goes into it which essentially means like the calories have to be reduced Mm -hmm. around all of those other windows. But 
the results were exactly the same, whether they were to have 10,000 calories on the Christmas or they were to have their same normal calories that they've worked out to be the deficit every single day and the same on Christmas day. Like this is where you can get really mathematical about it. And this is where my process comes in because for me, I'm like, okay, where, what is a reality for me? What does it look like? Okay. I'm not necessarily like, I like to go out and party. I like to go and have a good time and I like to drink alcohol, but I'm a bit of a lightweight. So I might not be able to like, I can probably have like four or five pints and then I'm like pushing the boundaries. Then I'm onto like some spirits and stuff. And then from there, like maybe shots might fall into the occasion, but I've worked out before. Like I can easily, like easily, you're looking at like upwards of 5,000 calories from alcohol, but alcohol alone. That's a lot. Yeah, like, but you're, you're thinking about it, like an average Jager bomb's like 250. Mm-hmm. If you have, again, if you have four of those, you're talking a thousand calories. Tops up, doesn't it? Easily. It, it's so easily done. And people don't like, people will, I guarantee some of you would have listened to that and been like 5,000 calories in alcohol. But you actually think to some of the um, drinking sessions that you've had. Some of those sugary cocktails that you've had. Yeah, like some of them are like 400 yeah, calories. 400 odd. And they're like, yeah, I just had like three or four cocktails. And you're like, that's like yeah. 15, 1600 calories. So it's really easily done. So I'm going by my worst case scenario the whole time. So I know my my weekly calories, my my the amount of calories that I can have across the week is 14,000. Now I know it can get super boozy on like a Saturday, maybe like let's use our football presentation for the evening, like awards night. Like it's going to be a really alcoholic, um, uh, dense day. So let's say I allocate 5,000 calories of pure alcohol just for that day. And then food that I'm going to eat around that. And I'm, I actually have a similar approach to Ryan where I probably won't eat too much. Um, but let's just allocate 2000 calories. So I've got 7,000 calories that I've allocated for a Saturday, a Saturday alone, which a lot of people sit there and be like, there's absolutely no way that you can lose body fat and consume 7,000 calories. Like from a day-to-day basis, like, yes, of course, like I'm going to be in a surplus for that day. But over the net course of the whole week, I'm still in the deficit. Because if I wanted to do that, I would then have to have 1,000 calories for the, yeah, it would actually work out just a little bit different when it would be, obviously. Um, yeah, so 1,166. So let's just round it up. Let's just say 1,200. Mm-hmm. So I would then have to consume 1,200 calories Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And then it's a game of being like, is that realistic for me? Can I actually do that? Can I actually? maintain 1200 calories for six days a week no for me personally i can't i can't do that like i reckon i could probably do two days the hunger would then kick in and i'd easily like my cravings be through the roof and then you've got to understand like the knock-on effects of that happening so imagine i've just deprived myself of all of these calories it now gets to saturday and i'm ravenous i'm more likely to go into saturday with this like kind of loose mentality of being like Screw it, I've got 7,000 calories to play with. Go mental. And I see it as like a free-for-all. Mm. And the mindset of that like, is potentially going to take you um, overboard. But remember, that 14,000 calories is what my ideal scenario is. If I had fifth, uh, fifth, um, 15,000 calories, so I move my average up, I'm still in deficit. I don't know how far to go here before confusing people. So I'm going to stop at that point there, but that's the first thing that I'll do Mm. is understand what your worst case scenario is. So if you know, when you go out, you typically have a starter, a main and a dessert, you know, you typically have a few glasses of wine, work out roughly what you think that calorie will be. And just give you an an idea. Mm. I would probably be like, right, starter, depending on what you, again, it's so subjective, so subjective. But let's let's just say it's uh, 500 calories. You've got a starter of 500 calories and there's arguably it could be so much more. You've got your main, a thousand calories. You've got your dessert, you're looking at 700 calories. So all of a sudden there, you're already at 
2,200 calories, which people do not allocate because you're like, even if your calories are 2,200 for the day, you're still eating breakfast and lunch, which people don't take into account. So always have your worst case scenario and understand that what that looks like from a calorie perspective. Get your, instead of having a, uh, a daily calorie target, times it by seven. And now all of a sudden you've got a weekly calorie target. What you deem your worst case scenario to be like calorie wise of that one day, minus it, take it away from your uh, weekly calories that you have. And then you can see what you're left with there. But remember, like the really important thing is, so even if you work out your worst case scenario to be 2,200 calories for that one set meal, remember you will still eat breakfast and lunch. So that one day you won't be taking 2,200 calories away from your um, weekly calories. You'll be taking the whole day away. So say you have um, an extra thousand calories through the day, 500 for breakfast, 500 for lunch. That is 3,200 calories you will be taking away from your weekly calories. And then the rest of the calories you've got left, you divide by six. Like I said, when it comes to fat loss, the key principles are the calories. I can't stress that to you enough. Like this is where you get these moronic statements that you see online of like calories don't matter. It doesn't matter about the calories that you eat. I was going to swear then. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. Like your calories will determine whether you lose body fat or not. And if you are sitting here listening to this, and here's some just bit of like harsh reality. If you're sitting here and you think you're in a calorie deficit, but you're not seeing fat loss results, I promise you, you're not in a calorie deficit. You do not defy the law of thermodynamics. Like you will be the first person in this entire world to ever not lose body fat in a calorie deficit. So Think about that in reality, like you're not going to be the first person in the world to never lose calorie, to never lose um, body fat in a calorie deficit. So you might be in a calorie deficit a few days of the week, but your weekly calorie average will be knocking you out of a calorie deficit if you are not losing body fat. Bam. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had to stress that because no, some no, people no. like, it's, it's something that we hear so often, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's probably one of the most common things. And you've got to realise there's no right or wrong way to do it. Like, that's how Sir Hayden works it out beforehand, spreads it across the week. I take it on a day-by-day basis and just allocate calories. You could look up a menu, pre-enter it into my fitness power ahead of time and work out the calories. You could also go there and then make up for it the days after. You know, you could have your meal and then work out the next day how many calories you think that meal was with food and alcohol. And then you could spread it across the week. Say it was a thousand calories. You're like, right, cool. Thousand divided by seven. I'm just going to take a little bit, you know, take 150 calories off of every day next week to make up for what I had. When you're mindful eating it. And then another way that I always say is if you go in there, it, you might have, instead of having a free course meal, have starter and a main. Or if you want dessert, mm-hmm. have a main and dessert. There's some simple, easy ways to go about eating out. The thing is, this is all about more so than anything, is just being accountable. Whether mm-hmm. you a- a- allocate just a set calorie amount like I do, whether you work it out a-, a bit more diligently like Hayden does, whether you choose to work it out once you've had it and then take it off the following week, whether you choose to look ahead of time at the menu and know a bit more precisely as to the exact calories by entering into my fitness pal. Cool. There is no right or wrong. You've got to find what works for you and ultimately what causes you the least amount of friction and stress because uh, that's yeah. ultimately what causes the issues is when you start to freak out. And know that when you eat out the food, the volume, the sodium, the carbohydrate levels, the alcohol, they all affect the scale weight. So always know if you eat out or drink out, the scales are always going to change. It is not body fat. Okay. It's just water retention. And then some simple kind of facts on alcohol really kind of easy is beer and wine contain a lot of alcohol a lot of calories you want to be swapping for your i mean you can swap for your light beers like bud light or cause light um or ultimately really you're going to be looking at spirit mixes you know like diet coke diet lemonade slimline gin tonic those are going to be your go-tos because you're looking at only like 120 calories for one you can have 10 gin tonics for a thousand calories that's a pretty good byproduct or you can only have four pints like you, you've got to kind of wear it up there as well. Um, but ultimately don't, don't restrict yourself. Cause I think that's where issues come. Like some people will be like, I'm not going to eat because I'm going out tonight. They'll get there and they're like, okay, it's buffet time. 
and you yeah. and you see all these options and suddenly you're like okay I'm going to have starter I'm going to have the the starter pudding and then I'm going to have the main then I'm going to have a pudding and then I'm probably going to have like a pudding pudding and it's like oh I've just had a five course meal and eight pints so also understand yourself as well understand with how you you work and that's what we always say I think as well it's like become a thinking person think about you know what are your typical traits do you usually go wild you know do you usually go ham like Hayden was saying on the booze and that's where the calories do you love a good gourmet five course meal and that's where you that's you know that's what you're all about work out what you're about and when work out right what's going to be the best case scenario and it might take time and I mean Hayden have both been there and we've tried different ways we've just now been like okay look this is just the easiest one for me that I know works yeah that's that is so 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 important it is about having that awareness about yourself and like a quick little case case study um that i remember off the top of my head last summer um obviously when it got to like barbecue season and of course we had this ridiculous weather when we were in lockdown last year i saw someone's instagram today on a story where they put up that like this ex- this exact day last year and they were sun tanning oh, oh, oh it's boiling yeah and i was like and it's now raining as we speak. I mean, yeah. um, but the case study was, so I had two clients and they both had uh, like barbecue occasions. And the outcome that we worked out from it was basically the approach that we took was similar to like kind of the approach that Ryan was saying, saying at the beginning. So for this individual, one of them, very, very, very successful for them, fasting all day and then going to the barbecue, having a big bolus of calories. They then have that bolus of calories. They feel very satiated. It works perfectly for them. The other client, we recognized, we tried it once doing that exact approach, but she got to the barbecue and was just ravenous, was so hungry throughout the whole barbecue that she ended up way overeating on the calories that she wanted to set herself. So what we did with her the second time round is we said, okay, before you go to the barbecue and in the morning, like we're going to have loads of fiber-based, protein-based foods. So we had like um, a vegetable omelet for like breakfast. And just before she went to the barbecue, she had a big, like an hour before something, she had a big chicken salad. And like this chicken salad, like made her, like literally like filled her up, made her feel super satiated. And then she then went into the barbecue Still with a big, because you're, you're thinking like if you're having like an egg white omelette, especially with like vegetables and you're having like a chicken salad, like that's still only like maybe five, 600 calories that you've consumed for the day. Yeah. So she still had a big amount of calories to play around for the evening at the barbecue. But the difference is she went into that barbecue now feeling so much more satiated and not actually feeling like she needed to go and overeat. So it was so much more manageable for her. But they're two very, very different scenarios where one of my clients could completely fast for the whole time and go in and have enough calories calories to play around with yeah. so it is making sure that you do understand like what suits you best and um ryan is exactly right for like myself i some people i know uh, alcohol does satiate them in terms of like they don't really get that hungry when they drink alcohol for me personally not at all like i could devour a whole oh, hog right, roast yeah. on my own one pint in that's it i'm like cool like do you want to get like double large dominoes or yeah. So like, I know that about myself. So if I'm going to go out or drinking, like I will allocate myself as well for food, like during the night, after the night, whatever, because I know I'll do it. I know I'm going to typically do it. It's about having that awareness of yourself and um, what typically works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's, you know, don't expect it to be perfect. It's not, we're not searching for that. And I think that's quite easy where people get, um, a little bit like mixed mixed up with it um and it's like don't worry about it like we're just trying to be accountable it's a learning curve like this whole thing is a learning curve you know you're not going to get it right first time you haven't got it right for however many years you've been trying so why are you suddenly now out of nowhere going to get it right you're not that's fine it's not an issue we just want to make sure that we're ultimately doing the best we can and trying to you know move forward with everything that we're trying to do basically yeah, I think it's again like for anyone that's like sitting here listening to this and like starting to like the the cogs are like turning, is remember like it doesn't have to just like Ryan said it doesn't have to be perfect. Like even if you decide, okay, normally I do this, 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 and this, and like Ryan said um, when he was talking about it, like maybe usually 
you actually have um, three course meal and you have four or five wines of your meal or beers, whatever it may be. Maybe you just decide, actually, I'm still going to have a three course meal, but I'm going to have a vodka diet Coke instead of the glasses of wine, saving myself potentially maybe like 40 to 50 calories per drink. And then all of a sudden for that one meal, what you normally would have drunk through alcohol, you've now saved yourself like an extra 400 calories. Yeah. Doing that consistently is still going to move you closer to your goal. It's not like, again, yeah, your calories may not be perfect, but you're still progressing forward. And remember, that's the aim of the game, really. It's it's perfection. Yeah. Um, it's progress over perfection. And and another like f- final thing here is that like, remember this. One of the main reasons as to why we are now is because we've overconsumed calories. So we're trying to consume less calories. And ultimately it's kind of focused on a portion size. When you go out to eat, if I order a meal, Hayden orders a meal, or Hayden's mum orders a meal, we all get the same portion size. If we order a burger and chips, it comes exactly the same. But are our calorie needs across us three the same? No. Therefore, don't be afraid to sometimes, just because you've paid for it, you don't need to eat it all. And I always say that, and I think it's such a simple thing. I'm like, just you order it doesn't mean you need to eat it all. Like, be present at that meal. Eat that meal and enjoy it. Yeah, but don't think that just because it's all there and because you paid for it, you have to eat it. It's like if you got given 200 pounds um, 200 pounds, 2,000 pounds paycheck. You don't have to spend it all, at, all next month. Like you, you can save some of it. It's not an issue. Like, don't worry about it, especially with like the food. It's like you've paid to have the experience, not just the food. So if you eat the burger and you have only half the chips, cool. Don't force those other half the chips down you because you're like, oh, well, I paid it. I better have it. Also, just mind yourself your goals. You're like, you know what? Those extra kind of 100 calories I actually don't really need. I'm actually pretty full as it is. So don't get trapped into like societal thing of feeling that you always have to finish your plate. You don't because whoever's making your food doesn't know how much you weigh, what your activity level is, what your muscle mass is, and knows how many calories that you need to create a portion size for you. They just create a portion size relevant to the portion size that the business has told them to create. Mm. Yeah, this is kind of maybe like diving down uh, the rabbit hole for another topic, but like that... A lot of that does come, doesn't it, with your, like, your habits and behaviours that have been ingrained like as a kid. I always remember what I'm saying to me. I, I, I'm, I can sit here and I can openly say, like, I will finish everything that's put in front of me. Yeah. Because, like, as a child, I was taught, like, you're not having pudding until you finish your dinner. Mm-hmm. But I've kept that habit through my whole life. Um, the difference is, like, I was a very overweight um, kid. But the difference is I've Cuddly. managed... Cuddly. <laughs> What's it? Um, festively plump I was. <laughs> All year round. <laughs> Chunky but funky. Um, but yeah, the um, I was able to uh, like understand calories, get uh, like understanding around that, gain more capabilities, and mm. like I still, but I still have those habits. Like I still yeah. finish everything that gets put in front of me. But like I said, I know my calories now. I know how to my body works and how I can manipulate that. Yeah, but. A lot of people don't, and like we do go into these scenarios. Like Ryan said, like <laughs> my friend was telling me the other day, he went to this this uh, restaurant, and the food quality wasn't actually that good, but you could tell it was just like frozen food because the portion sizes that came out, he was like, were just ginormous. And he was telling me, like with his kids, he's always taught them to exactly the same. You're not getting dessert unless you finish your main, which is obviously much, much smaller portions at home. But now they're like taking that into like the, um, the days that they, they go out and eat. And he was like, he couldn't believe that like, his daughter just dispatched this meal that was ginormous. But it was, he was like, he said, I'm, I'm totally at fault for that because I told, I've always told her that she can't have pudding unless like, I didn't, I, he was like, I didn't tell her at the meal that she didn't have to finish everything. So it's, it is it is completely ingrained, isn't it, to yeah. like your previous experience. But yeah, yeah, do remember like you are no longer a child. Like you do not have to finish that if you if you don't want to take. Like you you do it very well, well, don't you? Like you you will between mouthfuls put your knife and fork down and you'll like- sit at the table. Yeah, like you're very um, aware of your surroundings when you're eating, which I think is great because a lot of people do- eat dinner on the sofa, watching TV and stuff like that. And, you know, it is very easy to overconsume. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're just not present. You're just not present with the 
with the activity that's going on, which is which is eating. If you think about it, like this is a tough thing because eating isn't just like fueling ourselves and providing our body with uh, an energy need. It very much is, you know, social. We get physiological positive responses as to why we eat. Marketing, like, there's so many things that drive it eat, which is why it is tough. But bringing about awareness allows you to identify these things a lot more and have a mm. lot more control over it rather than allowing these kind of like underlying is it hedonic is that the right word these underlying like hedonic uh preferences per se that's what I, I, someone's instagram really annoyed me um the other day when they put up a thing saying and they're like they're quite a well respected person in the industry as well but their story was um Eating is 95% for purpose, 5% for um, pleasure. And I was like, that, yeah, I was like, that's so right. And I was like, mm. you've got a pretty big following as well. And I was like, that's just such, that's such a bad message to be giving out to your audience. If it was, and we did eat 5% pleasure, 95% purposeful, then we'd probably have a lot less obesity in the world. Yeah. Yeah, or he was he was saying that that's what we should be doing, and I was like, I just don't agree with that. I mean, I get it. I get the. I get the. Of, of I get what they're getting at. Yeah, it, it's just such a huge part of our culture. Like yeah. this, this is like a lot of my a lot of my enjoyment that I get is like that social environment of going out for dinner with your friends, family, loved ones, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then to classify that as your five percent, like I'd say, that's actually a huge part of my life. Yeah, massive. Well, it, it was anyway. <laughs> yeah, until COVID happened. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, cool. Well, I hope you um, found that insightful, and I, I do apologise. I think we kind of like went into depth a little bit on it, and this this is things that we do inside the academy, like an awful lot, and. I know with my clients and of Ryan's clients, like these are things that we do um, and we actually, like we don't just talk about, we help our clients action and gain understanding around because ultimately that's going to get them the best possible results. And also that's like a formula that they can not only use like in the now, but for the rest of their life, whether they go on holiday, like we create all of these scenarios so they do feel completely um, covered. Yeah, like completely safe, completely covered. Like they, they feel that they're empowered to make their decisions when they go out. And also the biggest thing out of all, it allows them to go to these events and these do these things, go on a holiday, stress-free, not feeling like they're going to go on a holiday and gain weight or regain all of their weight, not feel like they're anxious through eating. Like these are the things that we teach. So if you do feel like you would like to, um, you know, maybe have a little insight into what our world is like, We'll should we put a link below where you can schedule a call with a link um, in the show notes. Yeah, a link in the show notes where you can schedule a call with um one of our team and then we'll talk about what that actually might look like for you. And again, if we think that we can help, we'll we'll show you how we do the process. If we don't think that we can, if we think you're best suited for someone else, we'll um point you in the right direction of what that might look like for you. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap this party up and um, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Bye-bye.